The Longbox Crusade presents G.I. Joe Chronicles, The Devil's Due Years. Welcome to G.I. Joe Chronicles, The Devil's Due Years. I'm one of your commanders for tonight, Jason Albrecht, a.k.a. Weasel Skull. And joining me, as always, is my battle buddy in this operation, Jared Albrecht, codename Death Pro. At ease, Weasel Skull. And to all the green shirts tuning in for this podcast, I want to welcome you all to Fort Longbox. We appreciate you tuning in to talk some post-2000 G.I. Joe comics with us as we chronicle our way through the Devil's Due Run. On this episode of G.I. Joe Chronicles, Weasel Skull and I are going to rotate in a special ops guest for the show. For this episode, our special ops guest is the people in the live stream chat. That's right. This episode is being recorded in front of a live studio audience. (laughs) So those people currently include Captivating Kathy Bright, G.I. Gary, and Delvin, the Dark Web Williams. And maybe we'll see who pops in and out along the way. But thanks for being here. You guys are all our special ops guests. And with that, I want to welcome all the special ops guests to Fort Longbox. And now is the part of the show where we debrief our guests. And I want to ask the people in the chat, I had them thinking about this, who their three favorite Joe characters are. All right, let's see some names. Let's see what we came up with the chat. Kathy Bright says, I will need help. What is the right answer for favorite characters? <laughs> okay, we can help you. I'll go first, Beachhead. Jason? Always been a Stalker fan myself. Oh, I was going to say Stalker as well, so let's say Snake Eyes. <laughs> That's three right yeah, there. That's three right there. Uh, give you three villains. What's three villains. villains. Sure. What do you got, Jason? You go first. Firefly. Dang it. I was going to say Firefly. <laughs> um, Storm Shadow. Of course, Storm Shadow. Uh, <laughs> you know, Destro. Heck yeah, there's three right there. Delvin chipped in with Serpantor. He made sure to spell it Serpantor for fans of the show. No, that's the Pat pronunciation. G.I. Gary also chimes in and says, anybody from the Snake Eyes G.I. Joe Origins movie. And, you know, that's not a bad uh, round of trio because you got Snake Eyes, you got Storm Shadow, and the Baroness. I know at least those three are in them because I just acquired the action figures this past year. <laughs> oh, we got a couple of other late throw-ins from G.I. Gary. He's also a big fan of Orsted, which is, as we know, Destro's brother, and the cul-de-sac Viper. <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> what y'all fighting for, man? <laughs> so thank you, people in the chat. We definitely appreciate that. Now I will turn it over to the Weasel Skull for this episode's intelligence report. Well, thank you, Jared. G.I. Joe number 24. The publisher was Image Comics. The cover date was November 2003. Its on sale date was November 26, 2003. This one came out just two weeks after the last one. They were starting to slip on schedule. And it seems like they've caught back up because we've got a November-November match. All right. Creative team included writer Josh Blaylock with uh, looks like a little help from Brandon Jerwa. Penciler was Tim Seeley. Inker was Andrew Papoy. The colorist was Brett R. Smith of Color Fusion with Ben Hunzecker. The letterer was Dreamer Designs. And you had a couple different covers to choose from. Cover art A was done by Brandon Badeau. Andrew Popoy and Brett Smith. And cover B was drawn by Tim Seeley 
Andrew Popoy, and Rauch. And speaking of the cover, Death Probe, please take us through the cover description. You got it. For the cover description, I'm going to be discussing the primary cover, cover A, and it goes a little something like this. The image eye is highlighted in white as it blends in with its gray smoke background, and the cover price is $2.95. The main action centers on Hawk in a jungle setting. He's going full Rambo using a 50 cal mounted to a Humvee. Forever his ride-or-die companions, Snake Eyes is at the wheel of the Jeep, and Stalker is leaning out the passenger side, blasting away with his sub-machine gun. As a note, there was a variant cover, as Jason alluded to earlier. It was done by Tim Seeley. It's a wraparound, and that's the one that Jason actually read for this episode. And I have cover A in my hardbound collected volume. I'm so fancy, you already know. That I had done for me by the folks at Omaha Bound. It's pretty fancy. I don't think I've mentioned that before, so... You never miss a chance to show that. <laughs> but I don't have the wraparound cover B. But anyway, let's hand it back to Weasel Skull, and he can take us through the cover stuff. Let's start with you. What are your thoughts on cover A here? I love it. <laughs> it's like they took my childhood and put it on the cover of a G.I. Joe comic. It's got... Hawk just being a badass, okay? It's got Stalker leaning out the window, blasting a machine gun, and Snake Eyes at the wheel. This is a thing that I did with my toys when I was a kid. If this was a straight-up vamp, this would be 100% something I did with my toys as a kid. So I love the action, and I love the colors. It's it's like really colorful. It's, it's an eye-catching cover. And, you know, we talk about that on some of our other shows, how it's important when you're on the spinner rack or on the shelf to, you know, entice me. And I see that and I go, oh, yeah, I want to see what's going on inside that cover. So those are my initial thoughts. As you can see, I think highly of it. What do you think, Jason? I couldn't agree more. You know, the thing about G.I. Joe, thing I loved about it was there were many different flavors. You kind of had the espionage flavor. Mm -hmm. You sometimes had a aircraft dogfight issues or you could have space adventures, underwater adventures. But to me, the best ones were when it's just no holds barred action. When you have the main Joes versus the main Cobras, just guns blazing, and that's what you have ensconced in this beautiful cover. Looking at Hawk, you know he's unnecessarily flexing to show off his thighs, right? He's just like, he's like oh, let me. Oh, yeah. I, I, I might be a brigadier general at this point, but I still hit the gym. Mm -hmm. I hit my curls. I get my reps in. You know, a stalker, <laughs> he, he's flexing a bit on those tries too, as he's laying out there with that. <laughs> here, here. Not to be outdone. Look at Snake Eyes in there. He's flexing out. He's doing the he's doing the gall wing. You know, just just the full action. Even though it's a still cover, you, you can smell the cordite. You can I feel the bullets whizzing by. You can smell that smoke off in the distance that's rising up. This one's a remarkable cover, and like you said, would make me want to pick this up and read it. Absolutely, absolutely. And checking in with our folks from the chat from our live studio audience, we have a couple of cover comments. G.I. Gary says it's a great cover to sell toys. No doubt, no doubt, G.I. Gary, that's 100%. Kathleen says the cover screams lots of action inside. And yeah, you are correct. In fact, I think the only maybe downfall 
is like this promises more action than we really get in the issue. I mean, the issue's not bad, but I mean, this is like, you know, <laughs> and it feels like more like it might be the cover for maybe the next issue. And just a question from Courtney Holland, who's always welcome in our live studio audiences. Where's Lady J and Scarlet at? And uh, I think the correct answer might be on the wraparound cover. Jason, can you take a look at the wraparound cover, which is the one that you have? I do. I have it right here. Uh, Can you confirm a Lady J or Scarlet appearance? Scarlet is prominent. She is right up front. Bam! So she is here. I'm looking on the back. No Lady J, but I do see back in the Wolverine cover girl. Oh, okay. So. So. Some of the Joe ladies did make the scene, but no Scarlet on the on the wraparound. Our network founder has popped into the chat as well, and that's Pat Sampson, and he says the cover needs Serpantor on it. Oh, and I see he spells it Sir, capital S, Pantor, capital P, but it's spelled with S-E-R, and it's all one word. So I was says many different... I, I've heard it both ways. <laughs> all right. Well, we've gone through the covers. Let's talk about the rating. How would you rate this cover on a scale of 1 to 10 flag points? 1 meaning you didn't like it at all, and 10 meaning it's perfect and you would make a recruiting poster out of it. And what are you giving it, Jared? Oh, man, you know I love it. It's maybe just a little busy to be the perfect 10, but I'm going to give it a solid 9. I'm going to give this cover a 9. I just love it. I just I think it's great. I mean, if they made a poster of it, I probably would hang it on my wall. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to go with nine because we've seen 10 covers before. This is knock on the door, but I, I like it at a nine. What about you, Jay? I might have to go all 10 on this one, Jerry. I don't hate you for it. Uh, you know, because it's you said, is it would it be a good recruiting poster? I'd enlist right now. I would enlist <laughs> the G.I. Joe team right now seeing that cover. I'm like, I'm riding and dying with Snake Eyes and Hawk and Stalker and that thing. Well, I'm probably dying. But, yeah, you, know. Just, you know, we don't have official code names. So. Yeah, I might not make the uh, physical cut at this point, <laughs> but it would make me want to enlist. Let's put it that way. So 10 for me. Excellent. Checking in with the chat. We did get a couple of scores in there. We've got Courtney Holland giving it a nine and Captivating Kathy Bright giving it a nine. G.I. Gary says it's definitely a 9, but 12-year-old me would give it a 10. That's pretty much exactly how I feel about it, Gary. With the cover out of the way, let's go back to Death Probe for the story synopsis in our mission brief. On G.I. Joe Chronicles, we like to mix things up a bit. Will I tell it from Joe's point of view or Cobra's point of view? Weasel Skull, pull that lever. (laughs) Cobra! All right, let's get going. Cobra! Man, Coil is everywhere. They've captured Cobra Commander with the help of that turncoat Xandar, and they've even recruited the old Saw Viper, who laid waste to some Joes a few years back, although he's going by overkill now. And again, Coil isn't fooling around. They're dropping EMP devices on major cities, and under Serpentor's leadership, they're making their move for world dominance. We've got Destro leading our forces in retaliation, and hopefully his new genetically improved Neo-Vipers can help turn the tide against the coil. But also, we have an uneasy alliance with the Joes, since we have a common enemy now. But our intel reports that one of their best, Snake Eyes, was seriously injured as he and his Joe team made a prison break with Cobra Commander. The Joes are fired up, 
we're fired up, and Coil is waiting for us on Cobra Island. Let's see how this all plays out. Now, back to G.I. Joe. Now it's time to go through the highs and the lows of the issue. So, highs, lows, what does round one, Jason? I'm going to go with a high from the speech that General Hawk gave to the Joe teams to fire them up. As an avid listener to your podcast, Leadership Tips with Jared, the General Hawk exemplified many of those tips that you espouse on that show. First of all, he knew he screwed up. He'd made some bad decisions that got the Joes to this place. Unintentional, yes, but he owned it. He went out there. He said, I screwed up. Our people are in trouble. I'm going to go get them out. Who's with me? And that team, without missing a beat, everybody's in. I just loved it. I think that that was the kind of leadership I like to see from my heroes, flawed heroes. But at the end of the day, they're going to do the right thing and go rescue their team. I really love that. And when you juxtapose it to the Cobras and Serpentors leadership styles, it makes you really love Hawk and just want to follow him. You know, I'm going to roll right into my high for round one. Is going to play right off of yours. I liked not just Hawk, but I like how you got to see the different styles. Like Destro almost reluctantly taking control because he's like, okay, I guess I'm in charge now. And I got no time to be embarrassed. I got no time for Coil's BS, you know? So I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm feeling you, Destro. <laughs> I'm feeling you. Like Destro's proving himself to be a more competent leader than Cobra Commander almost immediately. No surprise to any of us who've read these things in the past, right? But I love how you see his, then you see Hawks, and then you see Serpentors. And Serpentors is, is a lot more like, I don't know, old school, like rah, rah, like this I command and like, like the three different styles, but they're all kind of cool and unique and they all fit in their own little cubby of, of Cobra Joe and coil. So my first high is this issue is clearly building towards a battle. And I love how they ended it with the prep speeches from each of the major commanders. Very clever, very cool. At the end of round one, we do have a comment in the chat from GI Gary who says, the biggest high is the return of the Saw Viper. Such a build-up issue. Yeah, we can certainly talk about the return of Saw Viper. Saw Viper is a very interesting character to me because he's like so generic almost. Like he's just a Saw Viper. But the way he was introduced back in the 80s, Joe, and he killed a handful of actual named Joes, like he made a name for himself. So he's always been fascinating because he's like, hint, hint, we might talk about him a little later. If you look at his action figure, he's, he's fairly generic. It's like a heavy weapons Cobra guy. But they really made him into something into the comics. Jason, you have thoughts on Saw Viper? The one thought that I had as I read this was it seemed like the Joes that he killed were prisoners. So it's like he just murdered prisoners? Does that make him... Oh, he's a bad guy. <laughs> but, but my point isn't... I, yeah, I get it, he's a bad guy, but... I'm not impressed by that. Now, you kill five Joes on the battlefield, color me impressed. You kill five unarmed prisoners, you're just a murderer. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's, that's all you are. Fair enough. Not and impressed I, by that at all. I want to go to Gary, especially in the chatter. Anybody can jump in. But the whole Saw Viper killing the Joes was a slightly past when I sort of faded out of reading G.I. Joe. 
I know it by reputation, but I don't know the details. So I'm kind of hoping that maybe Gary or someone else in the chat can give us a little bit more of a detail of what went down with the Saw Vipers and uh, the Joes back in the 80s. Well, this would have happened probably actually in the 90s, but you get what I'm saying uh, in the old run. So Delvin agrees with you. He said that's called a war criminal. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so, yeah, if that is indeed the case, if he killed prisoners, which was alluded to, but again, I can't verify it. Could use some help in the chat. And uh, with that, let's get into our second round. Uh, Jason, hi, low, what the? Well, Saw Viper was going to be my what the, because that was my question coming out of the gate. I wanted to see if I interpreted that correctly, that he murdered five prisoners. Because to me, that's a big, it's like, is this guy a badass or is he just psycho, right? So that's mm-hmm. kind of where I was landing there. But I'll say this is an unfair low because overall the issue was very good. My low is lamenting that I'm not going to be back for 25, most likely, because number issue 25, I think, is the one that I want to read. Because this thing really set up to, you're going to have an intersection of soldiers coming together at a point. G.I. Joe, Cobra forces, and Serpentor's forces all come in the lock horns, and I think it's going to be glorious. Talk to DJ Cristados and we'll see what uh, he wants to do for our special guests on 25. You might have talked yourself into it. You know, who knows? You never know when you might get snaked from the dark web. But I knew, Jason, I knew we could count on G.I. Gary, who verifies that Saw killed four Joes after they were taken prisoner. Doc, Heavy Metal, Thunder, and Crankcase. So, yeah, he's just a psycho. And it was issue 109 cover dated february 1991 thank you so much for the help in the chat there gi gary i I knew you'd be on top of things 109 definitely i started fading out around 60 ish so but again i know by reputation i know what a big moment it was killing doc man yeah not right no i like doc and i'll give you my high for the second and final round unless we pull a pat i really liked the team up and escape joe's with cobra commander it felt sort of, I don't know, Mission Impossible-y or, I don't know, maybe a little James Bond. It just felt like you had this little team trying to escape. They have to team up with their enemy to do it. And what I like most about it is when you have a team like that, all eyes are on Snake Eyes because he's the coolest dude in the room. Well, he took a hit, right? And one of my favorite Joes really kind of stepped up. And Spirit Iron Knife really got a moment to shine. I thought that was cool. I do like Spirit as well. He's a very cool character. Always kind of neat to see him take the lead. You know, he got a lot more love in the cartoon, you know, because Snake Eyes can't talk, so he doesn't make a great cartoon character. So they kind of beefed up Spirit. And I just thought it was kind of cool. And not only that, I really like his simplified new look. You know, his old look, especially by today's standards, could be considered sort of offensive. It's very stereotypical Native American. Yeah, yeah. I love his stealthy black costume that Blaylock and as we talked to Blaylock when he was on the show he did most of these redesigns himself and I think he did say that that was him that he designed the stealthy black costume for Spirit Iron Knife and two thumbs up for it I mean I still like his old look it's iconic and all that but this is definitely a cooler more modernized version he does look like the business as he's going in there (laughs) he really he really really does any last thoughts? There's plenty more in the book. So if you have any other high or low, Jason, go ahead. And people in the chat, we're welcoming your highs and lows at this point as well. Overall, I would just say this was a really good setup for 25. 
there was a good cliffhanger and there was a lot of good story and action throughout the book. So it kept me turning the page and that's what you want. Definitely. Quick question. How did you feel when you saw what had happened after the door exploded and they revealed that clearly Snake Eyes is in a bad way? I think it's their way of setting up so the other Joes can shine a little bit, like you were alluding to with Spirit. So I guess if you're a diehard Snake Eyes fan and you want to see Snake Eyes go all ninja in this upcoming battle, maybe you're not going to be exactly satisfied. But I think they have enough of the other Joes, enough exciting Joes in here to step up and make sure that number 25 delivers. So that's my thoughts. Of course, you know Snake Eyes is going to make it. I'm not worried about Snake Eyes. <laughs> I'm not. I don't know. There was still a great drawing of concern. It was a, The artist did a great job of showing the concern. Was that Lifeline, I think, that was with him? I think, I, it, was, I think it was, yeah. I reserve the right to be wrong on that. I will add, I'm going to make up a word here, Jason, and you're going to love it. You're going to use it sometime in the future. I just know it. All right? De-ninjification. Uh, <laughs> I, I think that Josh is clearly doing some de-ninjification for this big battle. I think he wants it to be a military battle and not a ninja battle because I think it was last issue, perhaps the one before, can't remember. Pretty sure it was last issue. That's the one where Storm Shadow said, I'm not in this one. My soul needs a break. My body needs a break. I'm not part of this battle. And now we have Snake Eyes sidelined as well. So I think Josh really wanted to do a meaty military battle and de ninja it, if you will. Yeah, I agree. I, th- I think that even the cover really, as we talked about, really speaks to that. When I see that cover, it's reminiscent to me of the covers, like when they invaded Cobra Island, it was just all the toys were there. You know, you had the hovercraft, you had the tanks, all the Joes were there, and it was... It, it's like looking at the, my toy chest from childhood. <laughs> right. There was no, you know, there's, there's no stealth mission here. We're running and gunning for about three issues, and I loved it. And I think that's what Josh is setting up here. All right, as we bring in some final comments from the chat and we wrap up this portion of the show, we've got Courtney who just says, I hate cliffhangers. And this was definitely a big one, but I think we're going to have a fun wrap-up in next issue. I want to welcome Greg Engel. The chat said, I like that they allowed Snake Eyes to get hurt. He's usually Wolverine levels of untouchable. I agree with that, Greg. It's good to ground those characters every once in a while. G.I. Gary agreed with him and said, yeah, that's a great thing that Devils do did. So there you have it. Everyone from the chat, I appreciate you chiming in. Actually, we do have DJ Cristados chiming in for one more comment. He said, great art, great story. Looking forward to the final chapter of this story arc. And at this point, I will hand it back to the weaselest of all skulls for the IG's report on the combat readiness of this issue. And for those of you who don't speak military, that means we're going to score this issue's story on the same 1 to 10 flag point scale we used earlier. All right, guests, start putting your scores in the chat, and let's see what Jared's going to rate this one. Oh, man, I likes me some buildup. I really love that powerful ending. For that part three of four that just kind of gets us to that last one, this was really good. I'm going to give it an eight, a strong eight. I liked it a lot. And that's a high compliment for a part three of four. So, yeah, eight from me. What do you think, Jace? I was going to go a little bit lower. I was going to give it a seven. Again, I think just because I'm just personally disappointed that I'm going to miss this big battle with 25. 
<laughs> you haven't been ruled out yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. So, yeah, I'm going to go with a seven on this one. Really strong book. I have a feeling uh, 25 is going to fall in the eight through 10 category. Could be. Uh, checking with folks in the chat. Courtney Holland says she's rating it a nine. Nice. She wants more. I want more. That's what she says. And, well, she's the only one in the chat that tossed in a number. So that's it. Courtney's got it. Nine it is. (laughs) At a nine. I've got it at an eight. Jason's got it at a seven. So it's all good. Although GI Gary did just chime in. Agree with yard sale artists. That's me. It's an eight. Very strong storytelling. And Pat chimes in and gives it a nine as well. So Pat and Courtney are at nines. Me and Gary are at eights. Jason's at a seven. And again, I think. All those scores for a part three of four, not bad at all. Not yeah, it's a strong book at all. <laughs> Delvin says that you're lobbying for something. I, I don't, I'm not sure what he's, I'm not picking I up. I don't a- know what he's talking about. <laughs> I don't know what you mean, Delvin. Well, at any rate, it's time to award this episode Silver Star Medal or Silver Snake for gallantry in action. This is where we each get to award the character in this issue who went above and beyond the call of duty. Jared, who's getting your silver star or silver snake award? Man, this is a tough one. Mm-hmm. This is a tough one because there's a lot of people who get spotlight. Like it's spread around. There's a lot of spread around spotlight in this one. So my instinct says Hawk for that speech, but I think you want that one. So I think I'm going to leave that one alone. And I'm going to go with Spirit Iron Knife for, you know, leading the team competently, smartly, and leading them well on the escape attempt. So a silver star for Spirit. What do you got? Well, I might surprise you on this one. I'm going to give the silver snake to Cobra Commander. Because Cobra Cobra (laughs) Commander was in a bad way. He somehow managed to talk the Joes into helping him escape, escape the Joes, and now he's out and freeing about. I have to give that slippery tongue devil credit where credit's due. He started off in jail, ended up in the clutches of Joe. By the third arc of this story, he's a free man. Mm-hmm. Cobra Good Commander. point. Good point. Courtney Holland says, Silver Star, I'm going with Snake Eyes twin brother Storm Shadow. It's a bold move to give it to someone who wasn't in the issue, <laughs> Courtney, but I, I still love it. Well, you know what? You mentioned it because Storm Shadow said, you know what? I need a vacation. And that is a man who knows himself, right? (laughs) So by taking some time off from this book, I say he deserves a nomination at least. I got a a silver snake in the chat from G.I. Gary for Serpantor, showing his leadership strength and keep managing the minions. I actually did like that scene too where he was grooming you know, the younger versions, you know, yep. he, he's got his little family there and he's building them towards leadership. It was a cool scene. He does not have a problem delegating authority, does he? Mm-mm. Nope. This he commands. So there you have our silver star, silver snakes, and some folks from the chat. Thanks for chipping in chat folks. Well, with that, I'll hand it back to Jared for his segment. Death Probe's Toy Chest. It's here, the G.I. Joe collection. Each sold separately. G.I. Joe from Hasbro. In this segment, I'll take something or someone featured in this issue and give you a brief toy history on it. And for this issue, I have selected, we chatted about it before, Saw Viper. 
Here's your figure description. Saw Viper had a purple outfit with black trim and a green visor. He came with the following accessories. A black machine gun, a black bipod, a purple backpack, and a gray ammo belt. He was first released in U.S. toy stores as part of Series 9 in 1990, discontinued in 1991. There are currently five versions of Saw Viper available in the three and three-quarter inch scale. And he was made from an entirely new mold. And of course, when you hear that color scheme, purple, green, purple backpack, you think this is that age of G.I. Joe where things start to get more colorful and a little more out there. Well, why is that? It's 1990. Jason, what's super popular? Cowabunga, dude. It's Ninja Turtles. <laughs> Cowabunga, dude. The turtles are starting to take over the toy market, and G.I. Joe's super colorful, a little more out there toys are coming to market to go head-to-head with that. A battle that they would actually, frankly, eventually lose. G.I. Joe would slump off and Turtles would ramp up. But, hey, we still got some cool stuff. So, the question is, Saw Viper, did you have them? What are your thoughts? Jason, I know you didn't have them. No. Because I didn't have them. I was pretty much done with Joe at this point. I did not care for it when it started to get the bright orange fluorescent colors and... Mm. The turtle influence. Yeah, I to me, I liked my Joe's tactical. I like the old Snake Eyes, Stalker, Breaker, Grunt. Series 1, Series 2, Series 3. After about Series 3, really, is about where I started falling off with the figures. Fair enough, fair enough. Checking in with people in the chat. Anything Joe's asks a bold question. Who cares what a Viper saw? It's a saw Viper joke. <laughs> <laughs> Courtney says she remembers having him. So, cool. I believe I own him now. I think he's been acquired via yard sale in my collection. But I didn't have him back in the day. 90 was about when I was phasing out toys as well. That was when I basically grew out of G.I. Joe, says the guy who still currently collects G.I. Joe figures. He's doing a G.I. Joe podcast right now. Wearing a G.I. Joe (laughs) t-shirt and a USS flag hat. It all comes back, ladies and gentlemen. So that is Saw Viper. And like I said, he ended up getting five versions of him out there not too shabby and he comes from that weird post turtles influence one final comment from gi gary says as a figure he's meh but the comic at this point sold the figures for me so i wanted him after he disappeared on the shelves Mm. comic was doing its job and for those who don't know in the military saw stands for squad automatic weapon heavy machine gunner Mm mm-hmm all right. <laughs> and another comment from Albert Elvis says maybe he needs to hide in a vat at a grape stomping plane, you know, because he'll he'll blend in with it's a grape stomper because he's because he's purple. <laughs> he is purple, yeah. He doesn't have a comment about Saw Viper, but Michael Wagner, former guest of the show, Crusaders Club member, has entered the chat, says Ice Panther reporting for duty. That's our guy. Thanks for showing up. All right. Ice Panther in the house. Well, next up is our feedback segment called Combat Comms. Call it G.I. Joe. Go get Breaker. He can do it. As always, we're going to start off Combat Comms with a roster of our battle-hardened Crusaders Club veterans. These are the fine folks that have joined our Crusaders Club. They enjoy early access to special long box video episodes, free raffle giveaways, voting on show programming, and so much more. Here are the folks reaping the benefits and giving some much-appreciated support to the show. And Helica Wolf. Ow! Auburn Elvis. Bill Beer. Blast it or stash it. 
Braxton Underwood. Clinton Robinson. Dave Collins. You know him as Battle Wagon. Gary. Voila. Or oh, Viola. he's in the chat. That's G.I. Gary. <laughs> Gerald Green. Jason Keane. Jeremy L. Jim German, Jim German, Jim German, Jim German, Jim German, Jim German. I hope you like the German too. Nice. Joe Thomas, as we call him, Joe November, who does our awesome intro and outro music for this show and pretty much all the shows on the network. John Watson. Jose Pollo. Josh Strickland. Captivating Kathy Bright. Oh, oh wait. Maxwell Traver. Michael Wagner, also in the chat. Miranda W. P.D. Devins. Paul Hicks. Rick from Jeff and Rick Present, a.k.a. Romeo Team. Rob Morgan. Ross Michaud. Ryan Daly. Samantha Maney. Sean Urbanski. Steve Cronin. Timmy. Tim Price. Toronto Cop. And Brad Morin. If we missed anyone on our list, we apologize. Please keep in mind that we record these episodes well in advance of release. So, if you're a recent addition, we should be adding you soon. Still, no worries. Just let us know that we missed you by sending an email to contact at longboxcrusade.com and we will get it straightened out. So, you might be asking yourself, how do I become a Crusaders Club member? Uh, To me, it's impossible, but for you, it's simple. Just head over to patreon.com and search for Longbox Crusade. For as little as $1 a month, you'll get access to the amazing world of the Crusaders Club. Come check it out. All right, let's see what messages from our Platoon of Loyal listeners we have waiting for us on Breaker's Comsat. Communications officer, code name Breaker. Jason is correct. These comments are from episode 22, where we featured issue 22. And that was the episode where I was gone and Weasel Skull sat in for me. It's come full circle. Full circle, Weasel Skull. Now you're sitting in for Pat. We only got a couple of comments on that one, but amusingly enough from both parts of unpacking the power of power pack. The first one is from Rick Heineken. And he says, Romeo team is waiting, waiting, (laughs) waiting, waiting. (laughs) So he's waiting to get called in for an issue. Maybe we should bring him for 25 instead of you, Jason. What do you think of that? Waiting. He's still waiting. (laughs) waiting. So that was half of unpacking the power of power pack. Jason, I'll let you go for the second half. So the second half kind of comes in on a string of comments attached to this one. And he says, sir, pants or? I think he was asking how Pat was pronouncing Sir Pantor. Yeah, Jeff was completely confused. Because <laughs> then you said, I try and I try with Pat. And then Jeff said, Syrup Painter? <laughs> <laughs> he was really trying to understand. And then Jerry just gave up at that point. <laughs> I just I had to give up. I love the fact that we give him a whole bunch of crap for saying Sir Pantor. Now we've all caught ourselves <laughs> doing it over and over again. Okay, with all that, that will bring us to mission complete status for this episode of G.I. Joe Chronicles, The Devil's Do Years. If you'd like to hear more from us in the realm of comic books, action films, vintage TV, movies, serials, and more, check out the entire Longbox Crusade Network. Weasel Skull, where can they find that? Well, Jared, I am glad you asked. You can find us at iTunes, Google Play, and most podcatchers. You can also find us at www. .longboxcrusade.com. We are also on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, as well as YouTube, all at Longbox Crusade. Back to you, Jared. 
Thank you, Weasel Skull. If you'd like to chat with us online, we can be found at Back to You, Jason. You can find me at Weasel Skull on Twitter or Jason Albrick on Facebook and Instagram. Popping this back to you, Jared. I am at Yard Sale Artist, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. It's all at Yard Sale Artist. Or if you dare, check out my website, www.theyardsaleartist.com. Thanks for tuning in for this episode of G.I. Joe Chronicles, The Devil's Do Years. I want to give a special thanks to all the people that took time out of their late evening to join us in the chat and to be our live stream guests. All you folks who came in, spent a little time with us, asked questions, made comments. You guys made it fun. Thank you for doing that. So much fun. I suspect we might do this again in the future, maybe for a different show, maybe for Joe. Who knows? So if you have any cool G.I. Joey sign-off things to say, put them in the chat now, and Jason and I will read them as we sign off momentarily. But I will tell you, we will see you on the battlefield next episode. We will cover issue number 25, The Last Stand, part four of four. Until then... Platoon, fall out. Yo, Yo, Joe! And as we fade out with our music, we've got our comments from people in the chat. Great episode, guys, from Anything Joe's. This was so much fun from Courtney. Not too late for us on the West Coast, says Mike Wagner. Half I agree, of, Michael. Half <laughs> of y'all from Delvin? Hmm. Delvin uh, said he loves us all, and then he said half of ha- y'all. Half of all. Okay. Okay. Courtney, love you guys. Kathleen, sorry, I don't know more about G.I. Joe. There's always time to learn. Those darn Joes, says Courtney. Red laser, says Auburn Elvis. <laughs> G.I. Gary simply says, see ya. See ya. Thanks, everybody. The music themes for this show are done by musical genius Joe November. Please check out his SoundCloud at Josephlin99. That's J-O-S-E-F-L-I-N-99. You will not regret it.